Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. Welcome back to another episode of The Song, Inside and Out. I am your host, Blake Clayton, and I have a good friend of mine. I think we've known each other for about three or four years now. I, I, I met him at the old 96 Inn, I think, in uh, uh, Riverton, Illinois, for the first time a couple, three years ago, and uh, I consider him a really good friend ever since. Uh, former frontman for Fifth on the Floor and now a solo artist, Justin Wells. Justin, welcome to the show. Blake, hey man, how are you? I'm doing all right. I remember that night. Uh, I had never seen you guys play before, well, and uh, I remember uh, it was you guys were kind of doing a little tour with uh, Hellbound Glory, and uh, you guys got there, and Leroy kind of wasn't there, wasn't there, and so you guys went on first. So it was it, it was my first time seeing you guys, and it. Uh, I remember talking to Joshy e. P um, that day, and he said, "Man, you guys, they're going to blow your mind," and and. Justin Wells is one of the big things that blew my mind when you started to sing. So it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. That that uh, you you have a better memory of that show than maybe me or any any of my bandmates. Yeah, and I would venture to say probably any of Hellbound Glory. Right. It, yeah. It was <laughs> it was an interesting night. So. Uh, but uh, we've we've talked quite a few times, and, I, and we've seen each other quite a few times over the years. And uh, um, you know, this new show is really kind of focused on songwriting. And um, uh, when I thought, you know, who are the first group of guys that I and gals that I want to have on, your name was one that popped up very quickly. I've always had a lot of respect for your songwriting and um, and your, your your voice. I think is is one that uh, everybody remembers and. Um, so I had messaged you and I said, "Hey, you know, what's a song that you would like to 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 do on the show?" And uh, you said uh, you wanted to do "Shotgun," which was off the uh, "Ashes and Angels" uh, CD from Fifth on the Floor, uh, released in um, 2013. So, kind of tell us about um, let's let's first talk about your songwriting um, style and and how you go about writing songs because everybody has their own you know way of doing it. Um, how do you approach, uh, writing a song? Well, uh, you know, it, it's kind of cool that you're starting this kind of separate podcast and it's focusing on the song because I feel like, uh, as sit on the floor, split apart and I'm starting to do my own thing. I think that that's, please forgive these sirens in the background too. Uh, I think that, well, that's definitely where I'm moving, uh, you know, I'm as big a fifth on the floor fan as anybody, but it would be kind of a raucous thing. And, you know, I like to describe, uh, that nine years is kind of somebody in a old beat up car or truck that just keeps flooring it and keeps flooring it and keeps flooring it and doesn't tighten the bolts right. and is not doing regular maintenance. So that's what kind of happened there. But anyway, that, that, uh, intro aside you know as far as writing a lot of times i've started with a phrase that you know maybe comes out of nowhere maybe i read it somewhere maybe i hear someone say something but a lot of times it starts with a phrase even the title or at least the working title and i kind of go off that so you know the first kind of 
kernel of of the beginnings of the song seems to kind of come out of nowhere. I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but it's it's just the truth. And I think people that say otherwise are either lying or or you know, sure. writing songs for Taylor Swift or right, something. Right. <laughs> but you know, it starts there, and uh, you know, it, it's the it's the your ability to kind of refine that. At least in my case, that that is what has grown. It's still the same thing. It still seems like it kind of comes out of nowhere. But my, you know, my desire and my work ethic approach and, you know, developing that into a proper song is, uh, is hopefully matured. And tighten, you know, it's tightened up over the years as you've, obviously as you've had more and more experience with it. Well, yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, I, I like most people, you know, I kind of generally favor the newer songs and I'm more excited about the new new stuff I, you know I, I I played some of those old songs for years but you know some of the ones that people want to hear I wrote when I was 22 23 right. so uh, you know it's fun to play but as far as any sort of emotional uh, identification on my end you want to play the newer stuff right definitely well um as a solo artist, we'll talk about that real quick. Um, what do you got planned for uh, the new Justin Wells solo uh, adventure? I'm releasing uh, four records. One of them is going to be a cattle calling. Uh, <laughs> go in the studio the, the third week uh, of August, so in about a month uh, or whenever this is going to release. But uh, I'm going in the studio. Uh, the, the record's written. Maybe a song or two will be written between now and then, but uh, and I, I haven't even really decided on the musicians wow. that'll be on the record. But uh, I'm recording it in Lexington, a place called Shanger Law Studios at their old studio. We recorded that EP that was kind of our, you know, our bookend, our last release with the band. We knew we were breaking the band up. But uh, as far as sonically, you know, I mean, it's still me singing, it's still me writing. Um, I you know I wouldn't expect a lot of whiskey drinking. <laughs> right. I don't know. It, it's just you know I'm 32 years old. I'm I'm a father. I'm married, uh, and you know sometimes I get to sleep before midnight. So right things are a little bit different. No, this is to say that it is in any way neutered. Uh, in fact, I think this batch of songs is probably the angriest. Uh, that I've ever been because a lot of them were kind of dealing with, you know, the realization that the band was breaking up and, you know, 10 years of my life that I, you know, the thing that I loved. Uh, and of course all the, all the frustrations with trying to make a living doing what we do. Right. Uh, but also, you know, man, uh, you know, getting your ass kicked and, and not, you know, not quitting, sure. Not stopping. That's really, if there's a theme, it seems like that's the one. So arrogance, <laughs> uh, constant uh, ignorance and being naive, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, the last time we talked, uh, you know, um, when you were you, you and we were on tour with Matt Woods there and you guys were doing kind of a, a, a farewell kind of shows and it was one of the last shows, you know, and we talked for a few minutes about, you know, how you excited you were about the the solo stuff and everything, and it's got to be a huge. Um, I, I would think there would be a huge change of pace. I mean, you're you're, um, in in just a different avenue. But like you said, you're 
you're getting older now, and I, you know you would think that your songwriting obviously is is going to have a different tone, or you're going to be writing about things differently than you did when you were 20, 25 years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, as I've tried to explain it to folks, and, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing some little short runs, some short tours, uh, kind of getting these songs fleshed out, like I'm doing tonight. But uh, you know, somebody that's a fan of Fifth on the Floor. Uh, certainly there's no reason that they wouldn't be a, a fan of, you know, me going forward in the songs that I'm writing. It's not that big of, of a departure, but it's definitely, you know, focused and, uh, and a lot more, you know, we're fifth on the floor kind of stood in that kind of Southern rock thing. And, 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 you know, there's real prominent guitars. Uh, I don't know, man. It's probably not going to be six minute guitar solos is all. <laughs> sure. you know, I well, guess um, I guess you get older and you got more shit you want to say. Right. No. Nah. Well, um, be guitars on the record. Fear not. <laughs> it's not an acoustic record. That's for sure. You know, the stripped down acoustic version there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, um, you know, let's talk about you know the song shotgun and, and why you chose that. Do you know, uh, do you remember like how long ago it was that you wrote that song? Yeah, man, it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, the, the last kind of, uh, really kind of band incarnation of fifth on the floor, you know, um, that made that record that made Ashton angels, which was, which was me and Parsons on bass and Maddie on guitar and, uh, Aaron Graham on drums. That was we we got together with Parsons and Aaron at the same time, so they came into the band at the same time. Um, and it was a uh, it was new blood, you know, man. It was a different change of pace. They'd never played together, but the, I mean, it, it, they seemed like they'd played together for years. And and I'm pretty sure that Shotgun was uh, the first song that we worked up with a new grouping. Um, I know I wrote it several years ago. Uh, but I, I just kind of remember that song coming together in this in this honky tonk that we would rehearse at in Lexington, uh, and it was definitely, in my mind at least, it was very different from anything we'd done. That progression is, you know, something that I've kind of done in my songs. But everything else, the instrumentation, everything was a little different. Um, but from a lyrical standpoint, um, you know, somebody real close to me had gone through some really tough stuff. Man, had moved from Kentucky moved out in the Midwest and uh, you know uh, new cat in town don't know anybody and just kind of took in with some folks and, and some habits that were not typical to that person um, and that that lasted for a couple of years and I kind of saw it you know right. real close to him and, and kind of saw it tearing him apart uh physically and uh if not emotionally too emotionally too i guess but uh anyway it all ended well and uh and he got back home and 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 everything is cool uh now but but also that story doesn't end that way for a lot of folks right right um you know i mean even bandmates have 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 lost (laughs) family uh and then there's there's kind of some some nasty things kind of assaulting my part of the country. And I know in the Midwest too, man, these, these really shitty, cheap drugs that are instant hooks to, and you know, you can't, 
you can't stereotype. It's real easy for somebody in the house on the hill to just kind of look down on folks, but it's, you know, affecting everybody, man. Right. You know, that, that some people that don't have anything, they're working their ass off and barely paying bills. I mean, you can't hardly blame them for trying to find some sort of escape. And unfortunately, sometimes it ends up being uh, a manhole that you fall down and you can't sure. get out of. Sure. It's definitely that rabbit hole uh, that just keeps going. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and so kind of funny thing that that was the first song we put together, uh, and, and ended up on the record obviously, but, um, but I didn't play a lot, man, because it's, it's, it was just kind of too close and the, and the fifth on the floor stuff, although there was definitely, you know, I wrote from personal experiences more often than not, uh, you know, man, there's a little bit more of that kind of raucous kind of, uh, party atmosphere, I guess. Right. And so I never got too awfully, you know, even if, even if I was writing from a real personal experience, uh, the subject matter is generally pretty general, but that, that was a little closer to home. Um, and not, not completely literal, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many, you know, how often people pick my lyrics apart, but that song ends, uh, with a good ending, right. you know, everything, every single thing is, is leading up to this really dark kind of sad ending. And, and really the last line of the song is, is a redemptive thing. Uh, you know, and that's kind of a thing that, that I revisit a lot, kind of, uh, going through nastiness and, and, and ending on a good note, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I can sure, definitely. I think as a as as a listener or you know someone, and I, and I pick lyrics apart. I'm 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 I analyze every song <laughs> just because that's just you know not to pick it apart, but just I analyze it because I, I I'm so um, interested in like you know the songwriters and and what they're trying to convey and and like in this song, you like you said, you know you 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 have to show where this person is, you know, and, and describe where this person is for the listener to understand, you know, how, you know, there's a reason why you're writing this song. You know what I mean? There's, 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 yeah. a, there's a, there's a something you're trying to convey. And, you know, like I said, at the end you say, see, it's kind of a, Hey, this was, this was bad. And this, but there was, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. And it can be kind of ambiguous, you know, and that's the thought that he's left with when he drops the gun. I mean, you know, that could have ended with, with him taking his own life. But, uh, I think it's obvious that that's, well, I hope it's obvious that that's not what, uh, what I had in mind. Right. And, and side note, you know, I, man, I, I write songs for, for folks like you. I mean, I, I'm glad that everybody likes to chant <laughs> some of those fun songs, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm the same way. I'm a fan of lyrics and, you know, it's good to know people are picking up what I'm sitting down, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, it, it is a, it is a good thing at the end and you know, you got three or four or five minutes to reel somebody in and I really wanted to kinda be in this you know, man, I just I didn't wanna I didn't wanna oh, uh, what's the analogy I'm wanting to use? I didn't wanna paint it as something that was not. I wanted it to be dirty and ugly, but also, you know, that song was kind of for people that haven't experienced too much of that. Right. You know, like, uh, this is a brutal thing. I don't want to shock you, but this happens to, you know, your neighbor or your cousin or whatever, man. Uh, and, and also there's the kind of high note or the kind of anchor of family in there. And that's really what I think saved 
you know, my friend, uh, but you know, that family doesn't have to be blood anyway. Right. Now, have you, I mean, obviously, you know, writing the song, had, has your, have, has your friend listened to the song or does he know that it's about him? Yeah. Yes. What kind of, what kind did, yeah. what, what kind of reaction did you get from him? Well, <laughs> tears, <laughs> yeah. you know, tears, uh, from me and him, uh, because, uh, I think, I think the first time he heard it, he was kind of, wasn't in the, wasn't in the clear yet, but was almost there kind of sure. deal. And, uh, and, and I had already written it as he's going to be in the clear. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think that there was meaning there. There's certainly meaning there for me. Sure. Um, uh, but it was a good reaction, and you know, again, man, it's just it's it's so emotional. I really kind of avoided playing that song for a pretty specific reason sure. for a long time, and and I, I'm not really doing a whole lot of fifth on the floor songs in my really no fifth on the floor songs in my set now, but I've been given thought uh, <laughs> to picking that one up. So we'll see. Definitely. Well, you know, as a songwriter, who are who are a handful of songwriters? Um, you know, because obviously over the years. Um, you could probably name, you know, 20 or 30 songwriters, but what's a handful of songwriters that really have kind of sculpted you or kind of inspired you to, um, be the best songwriter you could be? Uh, right this second, man, just right now today, I've been really wearing out Jason Isbell's new record. I think that, you know, Isbell's kind of, I feel like in our world, you know, the the two heavyweights right now are Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson and uh and I've I've met Jason, you know, Steve's a buddy of mine and I've known him for a long time and kinda got to see almost every step of what he's done. Uh and Isbell kinda left so man, I kinda fell into Isbell and Truckers really after the fact and went backwards. But um you know, comparing those two I think Stu's really dominating uh his record, but uh I think Isbell lyrically is just next level yeah. and, and kind of is setting like an unreachable bar. Right. I think that trying to, you know, I think trying to write lyrics, uh, in Isbell's vein or is, is a, is a fool's game, but, uh, it's just real inspirational, man, to take every single line. So seriously, really every word so seriously and, uh, not compromise on your rhyme scheme, you know, not take the easy way out. I mean, these are things that, I didn't really think about right. years ago. The songs kind of came together, and the first draft was what got to the listener's ear, et cetera, et cetera. And I, uh, it's not the case anymore. But um, you know, I got to give love to my dude Matt Woods too, man. Yeah. I've, I've done three tours with Matt in the past year, and uh, there's really not a lot of finer lyricists out there. And, and you can see Matt for uh, a very small amount of money sometimes. So. Right. Folks should take that opportunity. Matt's really uh, a gem and a jewel, and you know, might not be that much longer. You can see him that cheap. Uh, there you go. But as I was going through all that, kind of with the band and determining my next step, you know, I was on the road with Matt, and and me and Matt have a brother <laughs> relationship, and we give each other a lot of shit. And uh, as a writer, or as in as a creator of anything, I mean, that, that kind of spurs me on to be better. Definitely. The, the, the people that you're around, will, you know, they, they will either make you worse or make you better, you know, in life, even, you know, not just songwriting, but in life, you know, and yeah. uh, I can definitely see, you know, um, 
spending time with, with Matt. And that kind of, it's funny. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to bring this up, but you know, when Matt, you and Matt at that last uh, show that I saw you guys at around Springfield, Illinois, and it, it's, 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 it's kind of bugged me ever since. And it's something you've probably dealt with on a number of occasions, but you know, he, he, you write songs and you write songs that mean a lot to you and you want them to mean a lot to a lot of people. And um, both of you guys now doing solo stuff, you're up there a lot of times without anybody backing you up. There's no drums or whatever. It's just you up there and your lyrics and your guitar. And uh, when uh, you know Matt was playing Dead Man's Blues, and there was you know there was that one pocket of people that were just having their own conversation very loudly, you know, in the crowd while here he is trying to sing a song, and 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 I know that. You've probably dealt with that too. As an artist, when you're you're singing a song that obviously has some kind of meaning to you, or, or you know, um, and you're trying to convey to a, a group of people, and there's how 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 distracting is it when you have those situations? Well, uh, a couple of pertinent things. First of all, uh, <laughs> the end of that story with Matt and people talking there. I think you know it, but. I, take the liberty of ending it is that uh, some some fans of ours that are in a biker club in that area are great guys and nice guys and you know they like to party but they're not ruffians but right. uh, one of them physically removes right. uh, the, the most loud spoken cat so let that be a lesson that <laughs> if you're going to you're going to be talking through people's songs you might you might not even get asked to leave you might just leave right, right. <laughs> whether or not of your own accord uh it's really distracting, man. I, I remember doing a show years ago with Rachel Brooke, another friend of mine. And Rachel, that's pretty much been, I think, for the majority of her career, her by herself. Right. And uh, and we talked about that, man, because, you know, we've all gone through the kind of learning how to do this and perform in front of people and dealing with that anxiety. And, I, I you know, I did, I did kind of weekly solo shows and stuff around my hometown and things like that uh, coming up. But I, if I hadn't toured quite a, you know, too much of it. And, and, you know, I talked to Rachel about that. And Rachel's songs are really intimate and slow and quiet. And so, you know, any little thing can be a distraction. And, you know, I said, doesn't that drive you mad? It's like, you know, you just, you deal with it. You deal with it as best you can. Uh, I kind of took for granted that because you couldn't really be louder than fifth on the floor. Fifth <laughs> on the floor was the loudest. Right. We were the loudest, <laughs> man. Uh, we had the big amps and, uh, so I'm dealing with that. I mean, to be honest with you, how am I, how am I going to deal with it going forward? I'm going to want to have a band again. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing, uh, I'm not going to play too much by myself unless it warrants it or, or, you know, we, we know we got a crowd that it's going to work with, which, you know, for me, I don't know. I think guys like Matt, Matt's tougher maybe. And, and, uh, Matt has his own really really entertaining and funny ways of dealing with it. And we definitely all kind of will talk shit on our own and stuff. Uh, I saw John Moreland for the first time in person recently. And, and uh, John was a little more subtle with how he controlled it. And John's crowd knows John's music and that's really intimate music. Yeah. And uh, John silenced a drunk table with a look, <laughs> which was impressive. You know, I don't know, man. I've lost my temper before and kind of, <laughs> kind of somewhat reprimanded people and been lucky that 
the crowd didn't turn against me, but uh, you know, I don't know. You you just gotta at some point you, you gotta make the call. Uh, the thing that really infuriates me more than anybody talking slash ignoring my song is uh, ruining other people's experience. That's right. what really bothers me, man. Because I've heard these songs before, and I, you know, I can get as much enjoyment playing them to two people as I can for two hundred. But uh, you know, I think in your case, that show you're talking about, I think you traveled you know, an hour or two. And that's the case for most of our shows because, you know, we're not to the point yet that we can go to every town. So people do a lot of traveling to see us. I've got a problem with that, right? you know, and especially in the case of, uh, you know, a song like Dead Man's Blues for Matt, that's a, that's a pretty, you know, career-defining song. <laughs> you know, some people travel hours for one song. Right. And if that was, that would be the one, and that's it, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Just don't be a dick. Right. It's so easy. <laughs> I uh, I always don't be a dick. After after that show, me and Molly were driving home, and I had the the great idea to for a brand new IBWIP T shirt. It had the the new the the eight year anniversary logo on the back of it. I mean, on the front of it. On the back, it says "Shut the fuck up." The band's playing. I just think that would be the perfect shirt for <laughs> IBWIP, and I would wear it every yeah. time. <laughs> I would wear it every time. <laughs> so it's mind blowing. You, you see it at these festivals, even man, like. People paid fifty dollars or sixty dollars for this ticket, and they're they're drunk wastes, and they're uh, and they're talking through the stuff. I mean, I've been guilty of the drunk part and probably the talking loud part, but uh, you know, right. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just a it's just a weird thing, man. You know, and we're dealing with things that guys weren't dealing with twenty, thirty years ago with right. phones and. Sure. selfies and all this bullshit it's there's a culture that's been created i think of uh everyone is important all the time right and uh i don't know i'm of the opinion that if you paid ten dollars to see me that uh <laughs> you're gonna shut up and you're gonna see me right and when i'm done you can do your selfies well you know and, and you know i don't know i'd rather run off the people and hurt, hurt their feelings uh and have that group of people that again travel and pay their money to see me you know Right. You know, and even for me, like I've, I, I pretty much like I'll maybe take one or two pictures during the show, but then I, I, I put my phone away, you know, during performances because, uh, you know, out of respect for the artist, but also, um, you can't, you can't get the full, you can't get the full experience by looking through the lens of your phone, taking video or whatever, you know what I mean? I, I think like you said, it's, it's, it's a different culture than, people have had to deal with in the past but i think if you're if you're there to see justin wells you you're gonna have a good time and you're gonna enjoy it um but don't look through it through you know your 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 phone you know look at justin wells and listen and and i don't know i i, I guess i'm a music snob over the years I've, i you know what i mean well it's not a snob man i think the key word you just said there is experience if if you want to watch a video of you know if you want to watch a video of my show you, you don't even have to spend the money. You don't even have to come out. People have done it. It's on YouTube, you know, but if you're paying a dollar or $10 or whatever to see the show, you're paying for that experience. Right. So don't waste that experience with a fucking phone out. Right. You know, I mean, it's up to you. I'm, I'm probably never going to say much, but, uh, you know, you're, you're wasting your time and your money. And, and it's, it's bad enough that, that we can't control how, our music gets to, you know, I, right. I'd rather give the album away and you hear it the way it's supposed to be heard than hear it through a piece of shit, Samsung microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. right. 
Yeah. So. Well, well, Justin, I, I, first of all, you know, I want to say congratulations on, on, on starting the new, uh, you know, the new road of your career. I, I look forward to it. Um, and, and I, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not just blowing smoke just because you're on the show, but I it's lyrically, you know, and, and your voice and just the Justin Wells experience is, is, is definitely one that is, uh, important to me. And I know it's important to a lot of people and, and, and I, I like to, to, to give thanks to artists who, you know, have effect on my life as, you know, along with others. And, and, you know, thank you so much for the, the time and, and, and the talent. Well, Blake, man, thanks for having me on, on the new show, man. And, and thanks for coming to the shows. Thanks for being a pal. I appreciate it. Always. Where do folks go to start, uh, you know, keeping track of what's going on with Justin Wells? Well, I'm on social media right now, uh, facebook.com slash Justin Wells Music. I have a website, but we're not uh, we're not publishing it, as it were, until we kind of make our big announcements about the record, which will be uh, in the next two weeks. Sure. The next two weeks from today, whatever today is. Uh, but we, I've just been trying to make sure that, you know, the first news is big news. Right. So, uh you know, man, it's going to be the best record that I've ever made, uh, in my opinion, and I think other folks are going to think so too. Awesome! So this comes out on the 18th of August. So we will link to Justin. Okay. We'll, oh, okay. We'll link it to Justin Wells. Oh, well, then there you go. On the 18th of August, uh, you you go on to uh, justinwellsmusic.com, and that website will be there, and will not link. All directly right. to my social media as it currently does. All right. Hey, Justin, it's a pleasure. Uh, take care of yourself and stay in touch, buddy. Blake, you're awesome. Thanks, brother. Big.
niggas wanna pull up the trigger's gonna fix His family, they love him, it don't matter about the shit he's done And that's the dog that he's left with when he drives the gun blogger or podcaster or you're just not happy with your web hosts you need to check out hostgator.com you're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable hostgator offers unlimited disk space unlimited bandwidth one click script installs with a free site builder and the best control panel out there stop by today and try free demo to see how easy it is and if you use a special coupon code section 8686 you'll save 25 percent off your web hosting packages what do you gotta lose check out hostgator.com and take a bite of your web hosting costs